and welcome to the Sauk Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sauk Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sauk Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Sam Ramirez, who is the voice of the Sauk Valley. Sam, thanks for joining us. Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me here today. Excited to, to see where this podcast takes us today. Absolutely. Uh, it is a, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, so many people have told me to talk with you, and I'm grateful for you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. I know that probably most people who listen to this don't need an intro to you, but could you just give us a quick <laughs> snapshot? Who are you? Who do you love? Well, my name is Sam Ramirez. I'm a lifelong resident of Sterling, Illinois. I've worked at uh, the radio station, River Country 1017 WIXN and Sky 95.7 radio for nearly 29 years. It'll be 29 years in July that I've worked at the same radio station and graduated high school in May of 94 and started there in July of 94. So again, that is sort of what I do on a daily basis. And you, you asked the question, what do I love? I wrote down sports. You know, you kind of gave me yeah. just a little guide, but I, I am a big sports guy. That's truly my passion in life. Which sport in general? Or if you if you had to pick your favorite kid, which sport would you pick? <laughs> I, I love the NFL. I, okay. I, I love football. You know, I love college, but uh, I love all sorts of sports. But if I had to pick one, it would be the NFL. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, I also know that um, you're involved in local sports here as well through coaching. Mm-hmm. How, like, give us like. First, who do you coach right now? It's in Dixon, isn't it? Yeah, so I just wrapped up my seventh year as a volunteer assistant for Dixon High School softball. Started doing that back in, oh gosh, 2016-17 and been doing that. Just wrapped up our season yesterday. But uh, I also get to do high school football games on the radio. I do uh, Oregon Hawks football. We'll be entering our 24th year doing that on 95-7. And I also do Dixon girls and boys basketball on 1460 AM. So it's really fun to... To, to talk about local sports and I could probably spend a whole podcast talking about local that. sports, but it's truly something I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's one of those things that, um, outside of probably, you know, kind of working life, it's, it's that, uh, that avocation that just is it. Well, actually here, here's my question mm-hmm. you, for some of your working life, you're doing sports broadcasting and reporting. So like that, is it the same thing? Does that part feel like a job or do you prefer to kind of just be the fan or just be the assistant coach? Is that a different experience for you? Well, you know what? Uh, next year, I'm going to be a varsity assistant. I had been helping as the uh, head coach for the JV team with my wife the last seven years. And, uh, you know, I, the one thing I really like is being involved. And, and I know mm. we're probably going to get into that as yeah. well. But I, I like to be involved um, as a broadcaster, as a coach. And it, it never feels like a job. It really doesn't. And even when you have great seasons or when you have seasons where you don't have a lot of wins, it's still something that is very rewarding because wins or losses, to, to, to me, Drew, it's always about lifelong lessons with the kids Mm. and teaching them things that, you know, things are going to happen in life. Things are going to happen in a ball game. Sometimes those are the moments that you say, aha, you know what? Uh, That's a case where later in life, you know, maybe you didn't start today, but maybe later in life, you're you're not going to get a job you want. Things like that, that teach life lessons, good and bad. Yeah. So give us a couple of maybe the moments through the course of your life. What's, what's the story of Sam, the journey that's brought you being here local for as long as you have into broadcasting. What are some of those moments that are uh, milestones in your life that come to mind? Well, I kind of give you a little bit of history about me. I graduated from Newman High School here in Sterling in 1994. And as I said, I graduated in May and then I was detasseling that summer 
And the, the thing is, my mom said, hey, there's a job opening at this radio station in Dixon, WIXN, and they needed a little part-time help to, to do some things at nighttime. So I applied as a 17-year-old and got the job in, in July of 94. Oh, wow. A year later, in, in August of 95, I was still 18. They offered me the full-time sports director position. So I've been a sports director since 1995. And then from there... I, I actually went a year to Sauk, and then when I got the full-time job at that point, I left school. But then I ended up going back to Sauk in 2000, graduated from Sauk, went to Northern Illinois to get my degree in teaching, but decided at that point to continue my career in radio. And mm. as I said, I've been doing that now for it'll be 29 years in July. So who was it that uh, saw something use an 18-year-old that th- thought this guy could be the sports director? I'll give a shout out to Steve Marco, our program director, and he's been at the radio radio station for almost 43 years now. And he's the the guy who hired me. He's the guy who gave me a chance. And I think really believed in me Mm. at that point, because you know what? Uh, Not many people are going to give an 18 year old a sports director full time position. And, And I'll be honest with you. I didn't really know what I was doing back yeah. then, but with his guidance, it, it led me to where I think I'm at today. So yeah. I, I owe a lot of the credit to Steve Marco, who I'm fortunate enough to still work with every morning. Yeah. How cool. How cool is that? And even to kind of see, probably I'm, I'm assuming how, how rewarding for him to even see your journey and see, you know, okay, hey, I, I, I bet on that horse and it was a, it was a good bet. You, you know, know? It, it's funny you say that because to me, I always want the success of people. I, I'm just a kind of person that uh, if, if somebody was to work under me and they got a chance to go somewhere else, by golly, do it. Because yeah. you know what? You always want what's best for people. So I always think to myself, out of all the people that Steve has hired over the years, and he's been doing it a long time, does he ever look at me and think, yeah, you know, I got it right with him or, oh boy, he's still around. Why didn't know? But yeah, 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 you know, I always kind of wonder that too, you know, does, does he look at me and think, you know what, uh, that was the right hire back, sure. you know, in 1994. Well, and I think maybe just for you, uh, from your perspective of realizing that it took someone taking a chance on you, seeing something in you, even at a young age and, and, and giving you an opportunity to, to learn, to grow and to fail. I'm sure, you mm-hmm. know, you got to give someone enough rope to hang themselves a little bit for them to learn. Right. right. You know? And so, um, and, and how has that affected how you now turn around in either in hiring decisions and mentoring decisions in the radio station, outside the radio world? The one thing I always do is when we have people who broadcast games, because we have three radio stations at at our group in Dixon, and so I'm always responsible for making sure that we have play-by-play and color commentators for each one of our our, our games that we do. And I always make sure that I give them the tools, the resources. I'm always available. Mm. And, you know, when we're contacting other schools, I, I like to do all the grunt work for them. Yeah. Because then they just have to show up on a Friday night and broadcast the game. And I always remember how it was when somebody took care of me. So I feel like it's now my turn to make sure that I'm taking care of somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I just had a a memory, a strong memory popping in my head Mm -hmm. when I was a freshman in college and we had a student radio station that was um, maybe it was on a local FM band, but it's mostly just a a, a internet broadcast kind of thing. 
and no one would take the 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. slot. <laughs> and that was my first little foray into like, oh, hey, maybe I could do this. And I didn't hack it, by the way. And um, I remember, you know, picking my own songs that I would like to listen mm-hmm. to and then texting all my friends saying, hey, you guys got to tune in. And did you like that song? And, you know, l- living the life of like, oh, I hope people like this. Right. right. You know, and, 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 and almost hoping to get value from how other people perceive you. Mm hmm. Now you're on the other side of a, a long established career being given the moniker, the voice of the Sock Valley. How does that feel now? Is that, is that a, a title you, you wear? Uh, is, is it like a, a heavy kind of mantle to carry? Is it a big responsibility you feel? Or is it something that is more kind of just like, well, yeah, I, I get to be that because I'm, I'm here in a local in the community. Like, how does that title affect you or, or interact with your personhood? That's a great question. Something I probably have never really thought about. To me, you know, when when they, people say you're the voice of the Sock Valley area, I take that to heart mm. because that is not something I take for granted. And 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 to me, it's a, it's credit to relationships that I've built over the years with not just the people that I know, but there's a lot of listeners out there who listen to that radio station every day. Yeah, that I have never met before, but then when I meet them they're like best friends with me. And it's yeah. great because they've been listening to the radio station for so many years. So the personal stories I tell, excuse me, the stories that I pass along, they feel like they already have that connection with me in the radio station. So it's something I never take for granted being the voice of the Sock Valley area. And uh, I don't know if I ever would have thought I would have had maybe that title, but I know there's several people that uh, have referred to me as that before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned people who've listened for a while feeling like they know you. Um, it, is that a weird, a weird interaction when you, when you meet someone and for you, it's the first time, but for them, you're an old friend. Mm-hmm. They know your stories. They know the names of your family. They know, you know, the, the anecdote that you've probably told a, a few times and they know it better than you do at this point. Right. You know, what, what is that experience like for you? So what I always try to do when I meet somebody who I can tell is a longtime listener, what I always try to do is hear their story because mm. you already know about me. So yeah. who are you? Who is Drew? You know, you told me off the, uh, I say off the air, but yeah, yeah, yeah. before the podcast, you told me that you grew up in California. So, you know, this would be a chance for me to hear your story because yeah. these people have already heard my stories. They already know the the funny things that I do on the radio or the, 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 the me being a Broncos fan, things that I've talked about before on air many times. This is a chance for me to learn who that person is. What, why is that something that you enjoy doing, getting to hear other people's stories? Everybody has a story. And I always think that, you know what, uh, it doesn't matter how old somebody is or young somebody is. Everybody has a story. And I always, I'm going to kind of refer this to a church one time. There was a, I was reading one time at church. I got to share this story with sure. you. I was reading at church one time and I'm a lector. And after church, I'm standing out there in the narthex and this lady comes up to me who was, who was now passed about 10 years ago. She's got this look on her face and she waves her finger like, come over here. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh boy, what name did I mispronounce? Yeah, yeah. She goes, you were the lector in church today, weren't you? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I just want to tell you something. You have the best voice that I've ever heard. You're loud and clear in the oh, back of the yeah. church. Oh, so sure. it's somebody that I always saw in the back of the church. But after I got to know her and talk to her, I learned about her story. I learned that she was a lifelong nurse, retired from CGH. Had I never had that chance to talk to her, I never would have known her story. Yeah. So that's why I always try to find out somebody's story when I meet them. 
Yeah. No, you're reminding me a little bit of some of the genesis of just this podcast, being a, a new person to the area, uh, a, a hopeful, uh, I'm a hopeful future local, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I can right. take the, the, the title local yet, but I'm trying to become a local and mm-hmm. my wife and I, we, we, we love this area. We love investing in this area and just getting to know this area and hearing people's stories. It's been so interesting to me. I'm doing it selfishly because I love hearing people's stories. I love connecting with people, me too. hearing what makes them tick and stuff like that. But then when I talk to other folks who've maybe listened to an episode or whatever, oh, I have, you know, been a patron of that business for so many years, but I didn't know their story. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, I've known this person in the community for this many years, but I didn't know that about them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those, like our stories connect us. They do. Truly. They do. What, what has been something that has surprised you? through your years um, on the radio station uh, of, of seeing the, the connecting nature of people's stories. It's a good, I'll give you an example. Um, years ago, we used to get more requests to play songs, hmm. but as time has gone on, people can access pretty much songs at their yeah. fingertips now with iTunes, Spotify, and right. we don't get as, as many requests as we, as we used to, but it was probably about two years ago. I got a request to play a song, and, and in my head, I'm like, really? I, I don't want to play that song. Yeah. But you know what? It was a country song because I can't play it if it's not country, sure, sure, but it sure. was a country song. So I played it, you know, three, three and a half minute song. We go about to the next song. Probably about a year later, I had a lady come up to me, and she thanked me for playing a song, and she told me the story. And I was like, oh, that's right in the back of my head. I'm like, that's the song that I was like, oh, she told me about a death in her family. Mm-hmm. And that was a song that reminded her of, I can't remember exactly the ex- exact details, but that was the a song that reminded her. And she goes, I needed that in my life at that moment. And I thought, you know what, how hard is it to play a three and the three and a half minute song? And it, it, it's not, it's something that you can do so easily yeah. for somebody who's listening because it goes back to, you don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah. What is it about music that seems to touch our hearts the way it does? You know, I think music takes us back in time. I think it can take us back to a memory. Wow. And when, when I hear certain songs, it can bring back a memory. It, it kind of like when, when if somebody has cologne on, yes. it, smell can take you back. If a certain kind of food, it just takes you back. And I think, you know what? Uh, there are songs that remind me of not just people, but an incident. Maybe it reminds me of a certain time in life. And it, even songs that are more recent, it can still trigger a memory. And I think that's why music really connects with people. Mm. It's interesting. So I've just been recently uh, learning one of the random things I like to learn about um, is uh, one of the things I heard was how closely connected in our brain, physically close, our olfactory senses to uh, whichever part of the brain handles long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And so when you said like there's a certain scent that can take you back, you, you you smell something, you go, oh, grandma's lasagna. Yeah, yeah. And and not it's not just grandma's lasagna. In your mind, you are in your grandma's kitchen. Yes. You see Ooh, her. Yeah. You hear the way that she whistles that song, mm-hmm. you know, with that warbly whistle, and you're just like, oh, I am in that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And it's interesting, too, how... Uh, melodies can do the same thing where it's a certain melody will pop up and it's a jingle from a commercial that you haven't seen since you were six years old, but all of a sudden you're on the living room floor and it's Saturday morning cartoons and you're like, Oh my gosh. And that was the weekend that me and my brother got in that fight, you know, like, yeah, it's crazy how memory you mentioned it takes us back. Um, 
it is just crazy how our minds work in a way to store information that we would we don't access, but when it comes up, it's so real. Real. I was actually coaching softball yesterday in Sycamore, coach for Dixon. After the game, I ran into an old high school classmate of mine after the game. Hadn't seen him since high school, but his daughter's on Sycamore. So we spent about 20, 25 minutes shooting the breeze after the game. And we both played baseball at Newman in high school. And we talked about a trip that we took to Quincy. And we played doubleheader on the first day. Second day, we got snowed out. And he said, do you remember when we went to the movies I hadn't thought of that in 29 years, but when he said that, it brought back the memory, and I thought, my Mm. gosh, we went and watched Major League Two, Mm. and so sometimes, you know what, you have these memories stored, but it takes something to trigger it. That's something I hadn't thought about in almost 30 years. Like you said, with Grandma's Kitchen, that instant smell not only takes you back, but it can also trigger other memories. Well, and it's it's those things that... Everyone has that. And so when we share these stories, mm-hmm. it, it connects us to people. It does. It makes us feel kind of like what you're saying. You have a longtime listener who's heard the stories. Mm-hmm. They feel connected to you. Yes. Your memories become their memories as well. Right. And all of a sudden we have a shared experience. Yes. Through this crazy medium of sound waves over the literal atmosphere, you know, and um, ha- ha- what is my question is maybe not connected, but you'll see how it connects. Um, it, it's mind boggling to me how uh, something like an electrical signal can be transferred to a speaker of some sort that vibrates air particles. I know gets to our eardrum and our brain interprets that as sound or words or whatever, but it becomes this emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And that's just like this mind boggling way that our brain's been created and like sound is amplified and so like that. And it becomes just like, Thing that is surprising when you actually think of it. But in your time in radio, what has been something that has like surprised you, whether it's a, a guest or a segment that you did? What has been a surprise for you over your time in radio? I think overall, how radio has changed in 30 years. When I first started mm. in radio, um, we were just getting out of playing records and, and uh, we called them carts, but uh, they were essentially looking like eight tracks. Sure. We had gotten CDs. Oh, this is cool. We got a four disc CD changer now in the studio. And then the late 90s, then all of a sudden sort of the the Internet era took off with computers. But I think the biggest change that uh, we've seen in radio is competing against other entities with music. Yeah. Years ago, the the way you heard new songs was either us or MTV. And, and, And now I feel like we compete so much with other Spotify's yep. and, and Pandora a little bit and, yeah. and, 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 and iTunes. Yep. But the one thing that we can still do that those things can't is provide local content. And that's okay. the one thing that we pride ourselves on at the radio station. Uh, we're called, we, we, we say great local radio because you can't get local anywhere else except local radio, even your local newspaper, local yeah. TV. But uh, that's what we we, we we pride ourselves on is staying local. Why is local radio such an important part of helping a community be strengthened? I feel like radio connects the community to the person who lives in the community. And mm. what I mean by that is, for example, if um, I go to a sporting event or if our news director covers a city council meeting, they're able to say at last night's Dixon City Council meeting, the Dixon City Council at whatever, that's connecting them 
to a listener and yeah. to somebody who's maybe interested in that story. So I feel like radio, we still connect with the, with the local community by using the local stories. Yeah. And then if it, it, it becomes not this uh, separated arms distance, oh, hey, I like that personality, mm-hmm. but it's that personality likes my community. Because and I like this community and we both have a shared affinity for this area. Do you think that that's been a strength of yours being being not only a personality on the radio, but you're also a resident. You are also Mm -hmm. invested in this area. Has that been a strength in in your connection with this area during your tenure? I think so. I'm going to be honest with you. I I think I'm kind of boring on the radio. I really do. And it's not that I you know lack the self-confidence. It's just sometimes I think when I listen to like other morning shows, I'm like, man, they got a little bit more energy than me. They're they're more funny than I am. Mm, But mm. the one thing that we can do is connect with the local community. Um, we still do things where if you got a 5k coming up, if you got a, a, a nonprofit softball tournament coming up, things like that, I'm more than happy to get you in the studio and let's talk about things like that. So, um, I'm kind of going around in circles here, but, but I think that, uh, you know what, uh, what we've done, it it works, but I really feel like people trust my voice and they trust what I do. And they know when they're listening to the radio station, what they hear is going to be accurate. Yeah. Well, and, and I noticed too, I mean, there's lots of things uh, y'all share on Facebook, on the website, um, many of it is a credit to you as an author. I don't know if you're actually in charge of typing up some of those n- new oh, stories. Oh, definitely. Or not, you know? yeah. and, and so what, what was the reason for the, the transition into even just, you know, written journalism? Because you know what? Um, we'll take River Country 1017. Yeah. That is our brand. Years ago, our brand was only radio. Yeah. But as time has gone on, you have to be involved in other things. Yeah. As you know, as you have a smartphone right in front of you, when this podcast ends, you're probably going to check your phone. You're going to check. I don't know if you're on Facebook yeah. or Twitter, Instagram. You're going to check those things. You might check our website to see if there's any local news that have that's happened in the last 12 hours. So we knew at that point we had to branch out besides just radio. We had to be involved and get a website. We knew we had to get a Facebook account. We have Twitter uh, we just uh, signed up for TikTok here not long ago because we know that's where the younger generation's sure. at. Because I want somebody to say, hey, I, I saw on River Country's Facebook page that uh, there's a big concert coming up next Saturday in Dixon because not everybody listens to the radio. But yeah. if you can still say, I saw it online on River Country 1017, I feel like we're still getting the credit and we're still putting our brand out there. Well, and they're still they're still attributing the the name River 1017. Yes, with local uh, investment, mm-hmm. uh, uh, up to the minute news. Mm-hmm. Has that been a hard transition too? Because I mean, for, for someone like you who does a, a live morning show, um, I'm sure maybe back in the day, uh, after the show is done. There's some kind of prep of what else is happening, get ready for the morning, so like that. But, you know, there's also, well, we can wait till the next morning mm-hmm. to kind of like be on. Do you feel like you have to be on all the time? Do you have to be plugged into what's happening all the time with the advent of the Internet and yeah. the, the minute by minute things? Even more so with social media. You feel oh, like yeah. you've got to be on. Um, I, our news director about two months ago, he had to take a couple of weeks off. So it was my responsibility while he was off to put up all the news stories. So at that point, I had his email piped into my phone. So when the police department or when there would be a press release, because 
as you and I know, Drew, we live in a world now where everybody wants things right now. Yes. And so if some story breaks, I felt like I had to get that up on our website and our Facebook page right away. Yes. So when I was filling in for the news, I really felt that pressure. Mm. Besides the news, I don't feel the pressure as much. Mm. I do prepare for my morning show a little bit the day before. But I like to go in on a let tomorrow be what Thursday. Yeah, I'm confused on days. But yeah, tomorrow I'd like to go in because there might be something between now and tomorrow morning that might be worth talking about on the radio tomorrow. So, uh, you know, you do a little bit the day before. And if you got to push something off to the side because something new came up the next day, that's okay. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a behind the scenes. What's what's like a day in the life in in preparation for a morning show, let's say. Okay. So typically I get up. Well, I snooze a few times, but typically I get up about 430, get to the radio station a little after five. I think that people can forgive you for snoozing a few times (laughs) since you're waking up before Jesus is awake when the sun comes up. I mean, Come on now. That's early. Yeah. Jesus, I don't know if he's even awake at that yeah, point. He's it, always, but yeah, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I'm I saying. Know, I think, I think he sleeps <laughs> in. He knows, he knows what's good for the soul. Right. It's, it's you and you and the, the uh, cattle farmers that are up at that time. Yeah. Though, and those guys work hard too, but no, yeah. Typically my day starts about five fifteen. As long as I'm there before six, it's okay. But once six o'clock rolls around, I know I got a four hour air shift. And on top of that, I know I have to get the sports done for all three of our radio stations. Mm. So um, typically I get to work a little after five, more like five 15 and I'm not a coffee drinker. I just go in, I got my water and, uh, I, you have to bring that a game every time it's and just natural energy, wow. natural energy that, uh, that you just have to bring, especially during a morning show. But, uh, it, when I get in, I typically look at the prep services that we subscribe to the associated press. Um, I'm a huge Twitter fan, so mm. I, I get a lot of the stuff that I use, not a lot of the stuff, but I can see what's going on in the world on yes. Twitter and if it's worth sharing on the radio. But uh, I do the sports from, I'm sorry, I do my morning show from 6 to 10. And then after 10 o'clock, um, I'll have people come in, I, I record clients. I'll record people who come in and do public service announcements. While I'm on the air, I'm putting up the sports and stuff online. I put that up on our Facebook page. But uh, one thing about radio and media, you always feel like you're on the clock. You know, if, yeah. if something was to happen, something breaking, if, and I got a laptop at home, I'll, I'll take care of that. But a wow. uh, little behind the scenes, it yeah. does start early. But at the same time, I'm, I'm usually gone and home by like noontime. Okay, yeah. And then, and then you you know, you're checking things throughout the, the day and kind of just trying to still be involved in all the other things that you are involved in here in the community. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of focus now on the Sauk Valley, your perspective on it. As you've lived and worked here this whole time and and been a a local raised here and continue to give back to this community, where do you see things that are still missing? What what is something that that, uh, is is a is a gap in the Sauk Valley area? Oh, boy. You know what? Uh, First thing that pops in my mind is why don't we have an olive garden? A million (laughs) dollar question. (laughs) Oh, man. But but I understand that, you know what, uh, there's logistics and there's statistics of why things come into our community and why things aren't. But um, something that's, I think, maybe really missing in our community. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if I can answer that Mm. because I guess I always look at it from the other perspective of what we have here in our community. Um, the one thing I, I, I do think is there are a lot of misconceptions about our community. Mm. I really think that there are Facebook warriors out there that, you know, want to criticize what's going on in the city, but it's yeah. like, 
No, but they are trying to do that, and it's not as you know easy. Maybe they didn't get a grant or things like that. Sure. But uh, you know the, the the one thing that I, I've watched over the years in Dixon, where where I work, that riverfront down there is beautiful. You go across the river, and in Rock Falls, they've done a nice job there. Sterling's a little bit um, prohibited on what they can do with the Lawrence Brother Building and the yeah. old uh, uh, other building. I can't think about the top of my head. Uh, that's that, national national building. Yeah. Thank you. That that's down there as well. But you know, I know that uh, Sterling. Trying to do things down yeah. there with the with the um, uh, what do you call it the the the, the walk trail they have there mm-hmm. so that down Avenue B but um, well and and you know the uh, I, I've I've had a chance to t- speak with a few people who are privy to those conversations with the Sterling Riverfront and you know I think five years from now we'll we'll look back and be like oh wow look all three towns have great riverfronts yeah. it's just we're right now in that that liminal space between where it's in process. And whatever progress is happening isn't visually in front of us. Mm-hmm. The progress is happening behind the scenes through paperwork, through conversations, through grant writing. And for the local resident, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. That could be frustrating. Yeah. Do you feel, you mentioned uh, misconceptions, do you feel a responsibility to help correct misconceptions with your platform? Do you feel a responsibility to help surface some of those behind the scenes uh, conversations that might be happening in the town hall level or the, you know, the city hall level that the public, you know, different, different uh, offices and city halls and stuff have different capabilities of bringing uh, messaging out. Some of them are better at it than others. Do you feel a responsibility kind of fill in that gap of bringing messaging to the community? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a fine line because it, with my show, I don't like to necessarily get like an editorial mm. because I always got, I always had to think there's always half the people out there that would think, yeah, let's get that memorial pool back up, for example, in Dixon. Sure. But there's also half of the people that would say, no, we don't need that pool reopened again. Mm. So sometimes I try to stay. I'm the kind of guy who tries to keep everybody happy. That's mm. just who I am. <laughs> so sometimes I like to stay away from the controversial issues. Mm. But, um, I, you know, there's times when I would love to go on my morning show and say, OK, this is why memorial pool will never come back to Dixon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to upset those folks. So I try to walk that fine line of trying to keep everybody happy. Um, I never talk politics on my mm. morning show. I've been asked, well, why don't you share your feelings? And I always think because people don't really care. They don't want right. to hear that. They want to hear country music. They want to hear the local content. Yeah. So I try to you know, I, I really try to be aware of what I talk about. I, I, I view that as a as a respectful thing to do, that you are respecting your listeners. What has caused you to, to choose to respect your listeners to not uh, platform your own opinions? Um, I think part of it is because I always care about everybody. I care about mm. people's feelings. I'm the kind of person who, if somebody is upset at me, I will lose sleep over it. And I'm just, really? I'm being honest yeah, with you. Yeah. And so I never want to upset somebody. I feel like when people are listening to the radio, it might be their escape from what's going on in the world. Yeah. It might be their escape of, of what's going on in their personal life. And so to me, I just want them to hear good country music. I want them to hear what's going on in the local world. But I don't know if they necessarily want to hear an opinion, yeah. because if the opinion doesn't agree with them, yeah. then all of a sudden, maybe they don't come back or maybe they, they view me differently. So well, I try is, to be careful. This is interesting for me to listen to because I, I, I feel, I mean, you obviously have opinions. You're a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And you're entitled to your own opinions. And in our current uh, media climate, 
there have been dynasties built mm-hmm. on people sharing their opinion yes and and creating tribalism around well if you don't like what i got to say then shove off anyways mm-hmm. i don't want you around here anyways mm-hmm. you know and 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 we've we've unfortunately we're uh experiencing these across all media oh yeah social media tv radio things like that of these echo chambers of people glomming on to the people who share their certain views on things and 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 it, it creates high emotions it creates um a a naivete to what's happening in the rest of the world right and so you having the tack of saying no i don't want to do that that's almost like a a rare thing for someone in media to say i actually would prefer to not uh create uh, reactionary yeah, yeah. Uh, audiences. Yeah. And that's just it is, you know, you, you, you got to be careful because when you're a small town radio, you don't want those people to go away. Yeah. Because there's good. other options that they have. There's other local radio stations that they can have. And I just feel like I have spent my career you know, trying to get to where I'm at now, just always being the fair voice that people trust. Mm. I think if I ever the day and trust me, I have my opinions. My wife hears the opinions it. all the time, but I keep my opinions off social media. I keep my opinions um, off the radio. Um, I always try to find the positive in things, you mm. know, so, you know, but uh, it is it's a slippery slope because a lot of people, like you said, have built their careers yes. off an opinion. So it is rare to, I think, have somebody in the media who sort of does the opposite. It seems almost like the jet fuel to to hasten uh, uh, notoriety and and, you know, hasten uh, people's climbing up ladders is if they can find some kind of. Uh, crazy thing to say and the right people who say oh I like it when you do that sort of a thing mm-hmm. people have built careers off of that and it yeah. almost seems to be the fast track to it and so to choose not to do that is almost a willingness to say no I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take a little bit more of a patient route for the sake of and I love how you said it for the sake of it's our local community it's not me building my platform right it's the it's the fact that we are a, a region we are an area and it's better for us to recognize the things that bring us together rather than, you know, slinging mud because anyone can do that. Well, and this is a secret, but uh, I've actually had people say to me, I can tell you're a big conservative and, and I like you and, I, and they shake my hand. I've had people tell me I can tell you're a big liberal and they've shake. So it's almost like yeah. I just let the people form their opinion mm. of what they hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, a line to tread, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the current climate. Well, we were talking about the things that are positive in the community and things that bring us together. And so I would love to get your perspective now in the Sauk Valley area. What are the things that get you excited? What, what, what gives you hope about this area? I think the leaders that we have, we have some great leaders that are involved, whether it comes from the local mayors, the uh, the local uh, city managers, the people who run the park districts. Uh, the, I think the volunteers that step up, there's some great people right mm. here in our Sauk Valley area. And I think that gives us hope. And I think that gives us a reason to say, this is a, a great place to live. These people work their their, their tails off yep. to make sure that this is a great place to work, to, to raise a family, things like that. And I think that uh, those are the people that keep me excited every day about living here. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I, I've noticed that as well. 
having moved here, being a, a new local, recognizing just the, the sheer numbers of people who not only take pride in living mm-hmm. here, but are willing to then turn around and invest yes. in this area as well. People who who don't find it uh, enough to just talk, but to actually put in action, put in time, put in uh, resources into actually investing in this area, investing in the future of this area. And that's an exciting thing. And I think, I mean, you know, River 1017 has has that legacy as well of being a a a, a brand and organization that has invested in the Sauk Valley. Um, and so, I mean, if people want to get in touch with you guys more, I mean, obviously there's the website, there's Facebook. What is a way that you would prefer to have people contact you if they want to find out more about, you know, I don't know, getting involved in kind of like the local sports scene or uh, staying up to the minute with things? Where would you point people to get in contact with you or or the radio station in general? I, I always point people in the direction of our website, which is rivercountry1017.com. And from there, you know, we talked about the news and the sports, but we got a bunch of information that is on our webpage and, and on there is a contact us mm. and my information is all on that uh, page as well um, I know people shoot me emails uh, people will shoot me uh, messages on Facebook and, and and those sorts of things and hey I'm always excited to excuse me here be able to talk about local radio and you know I, I volunteer for a lot of different organizations here mm. locally because I always feel like I, I, I love to give back and yeah. I, I, I need to give back because this community has been so great to me. So people will say to me, I I, I know you're not working right now, but I got a question about radio. And I'm like, I'm always on the clock. You can talk to me about, because it's something I love. So you can talk to me anytime if you got a question about radio. Well, and when it's something that you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. No, it's never felt like work in 29 years. It's a hobby and it's a hobby that starts early, (laughs) but, but, but it's a hobby and it's something I truly enjoy. I can honestly say in 29 years, it, it has never felt like work, and and I wouldn't know what it's like to have a, a job because wow. you know it's just something that has been fortunate for me for a long time. How cool! What are what are some things that uh, what's a project that you're working on right now that you want people to know about? Either you personally or maybe the radio station. Well, I know that uh, Saturday, June 3rd, a little plug here, Saturday, June 3rd, we have partnered up with Discover Dixon, which is their uh, chamber of commerce over there in Dixon. And we have a country concert coming up on Saturday, June 3rd, along the Dixon Riverfront. We got a couple of country artists. We got Drew Baldridge and Keith Burns, who was with Trick Pony. It's only $12 to get in, but I know that we have spent a lot of time and a lot of hard work putting this concert together. Um, it's sort of that first full weekend of June. It's sort of the unofficial kickoff to summer following Memorial Day weekend, which they call the kickoff to summer. But I know we've been working hard on that. Um, I know the radio station, we are going to start uh, what we call Backyard Barbecues in June and July. And that's a contest we run Monday through Friday. And uh, one we do different contests. And then one person on Friday wins a big backyard barbecue the following week. So, Oh, I want to know all about this. Yeah, Come on so now. we start that in, I believe, the second week of June. So mm. uh, all that information is on our website. But those are the, the two big projects that uh, at the radio station that, that we're working on right now. Yeah, so cool. And Sam, 
Sam, I just really appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us today. It's been so good to get to know you, but yeah, also get to hear fun. some of the behind the scenes aspects of that. And it's different for me because normally I'm the one sitting in your chair asking questions and normally people are responding. So this was sort of fun for me to be on the other side getting to, 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 to answer the questions. Oh, well, good. Well, I hope I hope there's more opportunities for you to have experiences like this, because I think people really do enjoy uh, connecting with some different aspects of you and hearing some different stories um, and, and getting to connect again with someone like yourself, uh, you know, who who has been a, a stalwart in this community for almost three decades now. That's scary to think almost three decades. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. It's been a, it's been fun doing this. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on today, Drew. Absolutely. We, we appreciate having you. And until next time on the Sock Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's continue to find the beauty in this place that we call home. Yeah.